Warning! This podcast may contain spoilers, opinions, and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. I want to be Dog the Dog for I want to be. I, I'm going to be Fuck Pig. You're going to be Fuck Pig. Obviously. I'll be Dog the Dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not obviously. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what that means. Hello and welcome to Good Morning Horror. I am Steve. And I'm Chad. And today we're going to review Mandy. Mandy. All right, Mandy. Here's the Alamo Drafthouse synopsis for the movie. A gorgeous, romantic, absolutely wild revenge picture, Mandy is a downright achievement of psychotronic cinema. Director Panos Kosmatos and co-writer Aaron stewart on send the great Nicolas Cage on a quest that will take him far past hell. Red and Mandy were happy together until the night a band of murderous cultists led by one Jeremiah Sand invaded their home and destroyed the life they had built together. Red, left alive, forges an axe and sets out to see that the cult answers for what they've done. With stunning imagery, memorable violence, and Cage in a role that's built for him to both go big and get subtle, Mandy sears itself onto the soul. Don't miss it. I I will agree not to miss this because <laughs> it, yeah. it was just a really fun movie. It was, it was a lot of fun. I really did enjoy the movie. I think um, we needed something good after kind of the letdown that the nun was. We yeah. knew that this was going to be fun. It had all the tomatoes. It, it, the internet seemed to love it. Um, it had all the tomatoes. It was a very stylistic presentation, right? Like yeah. it, it, it was definitely, kind of a druggy movie. I agree. On this one, though, I kind of want... I I, want to not give any spoilers until, like, the last half. But there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. Yeah. But maybe just give our general review before we totally rip the movie apart so then people can stop and decide if they want to go see it or continue listening on. Okay. So I thought it was a pretty good love-slash-revenge story. It was just... It was a fun, straightforward standard thing that was gorgeous to watch. And yes, I do think it was Nick Cage at his cuddliest. <laughs> at his cuddliest. He was cuddly in this movie. Yeah. It, his romance side and just like his physical appearance, he was cuddly in this movie, despite some of the stuff that he did. Um, most of the stuff Most of the stuff that yeah. he did. I, I, I like this movie. You know, I'm a huge fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of my favorite horror movies, even the remakes. And so this movie, just the way it was shot, it was just beautiful to watch. Not only was it beautiful to watch, it was beautiful to hear. Like, I feel like the sound in this movie was... Psychedelic. Yes, it was its own character. Yeah. Like, the sound in this movie, like, made you feel all the feels throughout the whole thing. Um, Yeah, I just... You should go see this movie. If you're into horror movies, warning, there is some gore. (laughs) So there is some blood, but some there there aren't. Yeah, that that's that's about it. But I, I think it's worth it. It's not awful. Yeah, it's not like torture porn, like a Saw movie. Yeah, it, you know the gore has a specific reason yeah. for happening. This is not hostile. Yeah, the hostile. This is not. Yeah, it is hostile. It is hostile. However, it is not hostile. Yeah. So if you're into beautiful horror movies. 
you need to go see this. Yeah. Now we can get into spoilers. Yes. Stop listening now if you don't want to hear every part of this movie. Yeah. So it starts out, you know, with a simple romance kind of setting the stage between uh, Nick Cage's character and Mandy. Red and Mandy. Red and Mandy. His yeah. name is Red, yes. <laughs> uh, between Red, Betwixt Red and Mandy. And they're their own world, you know, and they're experiencing it through, we're experiencing it kind of through the eyes of a psychedelic uh, drug haze. Every shot is suffused with light. There is so much going on. And just when you think there is something like just a static shot, they start to shift it, whether they add like colorations and lights or they overlay a face on a face or they, they just do these really interesting takes. I agree. The whole movie felt like a dream. Yeah. Like it felt like a dream I was having. And this, this first, so the movie was separated into three acts. Um, and this first act, which was the love story um, called Shadow Mountains, it took place in the Pacific Northwest, which by nature is dreamy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've all, by nature, you've got fog and rain and beautiful forests. yeah. And so, like, imagine yourself just secluded in this forest with the person that you love and you're in your like little own tree house and it's just you and this person like it's just it's just so beautiful like yeah. it is a love story it really is yeah and they don't give you like that's the thing they don't give you a lot of context which i kind of like like it like when you start dreaming in reality like you're just put in the middle of this situation without context you're so there. you don't know how they met yeah. in the beginning and you don't know why they're there and why they're secluded. It looks like he he chops down trees for a living, but possibly there's no context yeah. to that. And you also don't need context, I think, for the type of story that it is. You just need to know that they have a strong connection. Yeah. That they're a little, you know, off. They're they're not your standard like nine to five office. They're like us. People. They're yeah. every like she's reading horror novels and painting pictures in the middle of the woods. It's yeah. like my dream life. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I aspire to be. Yeah. Except I don't want to die. She well, dies. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Just jump right to it. <laughs> Except I don't want to die. Oh. So, let's yeah. skip to chapter two, which is called Children of the New Dawn. And this chapter, it sets itself in the car or a van of a cult. Yeah. Right? They're a cult. Yeah, there's a cult leader... Uh, and he's, he's charismatic. These people are following him and, and they randomly like Mandy's just walking down the road, minding her own business. And there's this, like, it, it feels like this connection, like the movie makes you like, there's a connection between the cult leader and Mandy, like the car passes and their eyes just connect. And then all of a sudden he's obsessed that that's what it was. And then he has to have her. And, and so his, her. so his minions or his uh, acolytes or whatever go and retrieve her. Insert abduction yes so the second chapter is about the abduction and everything within this part of the movie it feels like an abduction to me like it feels strange and confusing and foreign and like even just how they you do the music how they shift the shots become a little more abstract um like during the drug and hallucination scene mm -hmm. and it's just it makes you feel abducted yeah so it turns out that these this children of the new dawn um, have found a scientist that produces LSD, except he produces 
really hard, raunchy stuff that changes you forever. But we don't learn that until much later. We don't learn that until later. So, um, like, when the abduction happens... So, like, let's reverse a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, the guy's like, I want Mandy. And he sends his follower out with the horn of something or other. I don't even remember what it's called. Yeah. But it's some kind of horn, and they go out into the woods, and they blow this horn twice. And out of nowhere, these motorcycle gang... Like a Hellraiser motorcycle gang. What, at the moment, is... And may still be demons. I don't know if they're demons. Like, we we find out, like, what you said later, like, maybe it's just a fucked up LSD situation where the drugs have fucked them up. And maybe we're experiencing it through that LSD because their voices are altered. Yeah, I couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah. Like, he said something clearly to that guy, but I wasn't sure what it was. Yeah, they altered the voices. They wanted them to seem like demons, but I don't, I couldn't tell yet if we were supposed to be high as an audience. Oh. Like, if I that think was this our film viewpoint. would have been much better if we were high, like, literally high. Oh, for real, real. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I, I, it might be worth a, a revisit. Yeah. We're certainly going to have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they abduct, they drop some acid in Mandy's eye. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. What was the, like... That was the hallucinogen, and that's when all the colors started getting wonky and the trails started happening. What was the bee? Was that a bee? That was was some sort of bug with a stinger. Did that, like, activate the hallucinogenic? Like, what was that about? I think it was... I mean, she just said it was the icing on the cake, I think, or something like that. I think it was just one of those... I feel like I want to Google LSD and bees. Maybe. And... But then I'm afraid if that's in my search history, like, what that would, like, do... About a knock on the door or... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe there's a knock on the door. Yeah. (laughs) Because maybe that, like, intensifies Your Amazon suggestions are going to be way off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Things I am not into, listeners, not into that. Not into LSD. <laughs> Just curious about. Or bee stings. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, super trip. Yeah, super trip. And then the 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 leader of the cult kind of has a monologue in front of her. Yeah. And, it's, and it's this beautiful, you know, it's all in red except the trails are in blue. And, and it's, clearly she is, you know, messed up. And they're all messed up on it, too. Uh, and he talks to her and he's trying to seduce her into... Uh, two things, sex and joining the cult. Oh. And um, at the end of the monologue, he opens up his robe and he's naked underneath and he's expecting her to... Give herself to him? Ride Sally, ride. Yeah, and then... Her name's Mandy. Ride Oh, Mandy, ride Mandy, ride. ride. <laughs> and she doesn't approve of yeah. that. She does not. She's like... Ah, and she actually begins to laugh. Um, I'm going to assume that she begins to laugh at his penis mm. and he does and not. His penis wasn't that bad. No, it was just, it was average. But like the fact that he's like exposing himself in this weird, like yeah. alien robe yeah, <laughs> with the shoulder situation. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> and he's clearly never had the experience of someone doing that. And he fully expected her to be like, oh yes. Ah. So he didn't take it well. And did he begin masturbating? He did, yeah. It was just so bizarre. I, I couldn't tell. Like that scene for me, I think you find out who Jeremiah is. You yes. find out that he's kind of a little sadistic. He's really into himself. Possibly has a split personality disorder. But like the way that Jeremiah was portrayed, I think was so perfect as a cult leader. And I think it was a little overacted. But I think 
I don't have experience with cult leaders yet, but I, I feel like cult leaders, that's how they would be. They're like always a little overacting yeah. and, and come across as grandiose and would wear that kind of robe with their dick hanging out. Yeah, no, I think, I think it was appropriate for the role. It takes place in 1983. 1983, yeah. That's the year. Yeah, no, I thought that was, I thought he played that as well as that role could be played. I thought, yeah, I thought it was appropriate. But he, he doesn't, he doesn't find the humor that she finds. So apparently he finishes masturbating with an angry face and then um, proceeds to torture Red. So Red is tied up in the back. He stabs him in the... With another mythical device, a mythical, like, sword. So every time, like, that horn or that sword appears, you've got this, like, green moment, Mm -hmm. which is, like, to me, hearkening to demons. Like, they're calling upon the demon people to help them do whatever. A lot of the lighting is red and blue, and so the green has a significance to it, definitely. I do have... Like, did they sacrifice the fat blonde boy? Yeah, I feel like they didn't show that. They were gonna, t- they were going to, like they were talking about it, but I don't remember them showing it. But that's that. the thing. That's why I think the Spiker Gang was a demon gang, because they sacrificed. Like I feel like they drank a mason jar full of blood, and then I feel like they sacrificed the um, curly-haired boy, yeah, the fat boy, they were to going them, to. yeah. And like if they were just hopped up on LSD. Maybe it's like a purge situation where they just like to kill people. So the sacrifice is giving them somebody to kill. Yeah. I, I think they were demon type. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Anyway. I, I wanted to back up. Yeah. So they're torturing um, they're torturing Red. Uh, and then they stab him in the side. And he goes, ah. And then they, and then, spoiler alert, they bring out Mandy. And in burn her. a sleeping bag, hang her upside down, and burn her alive. Oh, and... What was it? The darker the horror, the brighter the burn or whatever? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> and so they're all watching. The whole group is watching with various shades of uh, enjoyment. Oh, this was one of my favorite scenes in the movie, actually. Not because they're burning someone. Um, but the the way the camera works in mm. this scene specifically, the camera focuses on the face of every character yeah. While Mandy is burning. And in this moment, you learn so much about the characters. Like, it focuses, obviously, on Red, and he's, you know, tortured. And then it goes to, like, Brother Swan, and he's kind of excited about it. And then it goes to Sister Lucy, which is the young girl. The, the I don't even know if she had any lines that she spoke, but she was, like, the younger person of the cult. And she was sad. Yeah. Like, she, I think she had a tear in that moment or something, but you could tell that she was upset. And then uh, Mother Marlene, which was the gray haired lady, like it goes to her and she's happy because I think she's jealous. Like, and it just shows jealousy towards Mandy. Mm -hmm. So she's excited that the person is burning. Like just the way that camera focused on the faces and their facial expressions was many, many stories, little bitty stories in and of themselves on the vignettes. I just thought that was so well done. Yeah, you know, for a movie that worked in broad strokes, like, there were definitely some great subtleties in in the things that that they were doing. Yeah. So Mandy's dead at this point. (laughs) And, uh, of course, Red doesn't know how to, to process that. So he goes home pulls out a bottle of vodka that he stores in the bathroom. Second favorite scene in the movie. 
for me. The audience did I, I love know, it. I know you're on the review path right now, <laughs> the play-by-play, but I, I want to pause and give my feelings towards A, as soon as he gets home, there's an interjection of like this 80s commercial with like gremlin mac and cheese, oh, was which funny. was perfect. Yeah. And always Channel 13. They were always watching uh-huh. Channel 13. And it, it, the like, it's like at this moment, after all the shit you just watched, you needed something to like break that tension, like to to just distract you. Oh, and yeah. I think the way they inserted that mac and cheese commercial was hilarious. They used humor right in this movie. <laughs> and then it goes into the vodka scene that you're talking about, where he goes into the bathroom where apparently he stores his bottle of vodka. Like one does. Like one does. And he has, he just has a breakdown. Yeah, he has a breakdown. So he is drinking the vodka and pouring the vodka on himself and going between like screaming and yelling and crazy and quiet and crying. And um, it's a very Nick Cage moment. Like, is it? It's a Nick Cage monologue. I don't, yeah. Full disclosure, I normally don't like Nicolas Cage. I think I've only liked him. In the one movie that he portrayed, which was the Burning Skull, what was that movie? Night Rider, Ghost Rider, yeah, yeah Night Rider, no, not the talking car, um, <laughs> Ghost Rider. Like I liked him in Ghost Rider, but that's probably about it. But the, yeah, if if that's how he acts, I kind of want to watch more Nicolas Cage movies. He's he's is that awful? Eccentric. <laughs> I haven't been a fan either, and I've seen more of his movies. Okay. But I really, I did enjoy him in this film, and I do think it was written, like, if they didn't have him in mind, they had someone like him in mind, because it was it was so perfect for this kind of campy, yeah. broad stroke role. It was, it was good. It was a lot of fun. Anyway, so he's breaking down, and the audience is laughing, because I think the audience also needed a moment then I think this was put in so as a kind of a little bit of relief for us. And so people are laughing at him pouring vodka on himself and drinking vodka and crying and kind of coming to the end of his rope and going, okay, fuck it. I disagree. I need to do something I dis- So I disagree with you. I think the comic relief was the mac and cheese. <laughs> and I think that in this, this moment was not relief for me. Like, yes, the theater was laughing. And I think they were laughing because maybe it was quintessential Nicolas Cage, which I was not familiar with. This moment, to me, was so fucking real. Like, the moment in Hereditary when she finds out that her daughter died. Yeah. Like, I, I think this is how a human responds to shock. Like, they go through... Yeah, I want to get drunk. And then like, oh my God, I've been stabbed. Oh my God, I'm so angry. Oh my God, I'm lonely. I just like my my best friend just was murdered. And like, and he's like in his underwear still covered in blood. And like, he's just, it's this visceral moment. Like one shot, like the the camera never cut away from him. Mm -hmm. Like to me, I, I was very uncomfortable in that moment. Yeah, and I think not, that's why people were laughing. It was not lighthearted. It was not a break for no, me. No, it, it, it wasn't lighthearted. Yeah. So, this is, uh, yeah. And then he, then it's revenge time. So then, moving on, I'm going to go into the next chapter. So then we have chapter three, which is called Mandy. Mandy. Um, name of the movie. Um, because this is the revenge portion. Mm-hmm. So, it's like... 
now that we've sort of just fucked with you for over an hour, because I think it was like an hour into the movie before we got to this, it was a long time before we got to the Mandy portion. Now we're into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre revenge. I'm going to come get you. So now we have more context. Now let's go kill some bitches. Yeah. <laughs> so then he goes and seeks out a dude who he get you can get a weapon from. Yeah, some random dude that I did not trailer. I did not look up his name on the IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes in and and there's a a lighter another lighter scene uh, with him talking with this dude uh, about weapons. And this dude knows a lot about this um, motorcycle gang. That's where we learn about the LSD, LSD. situation. He talks about the LSD situation. Yeah. And just for the record, we they never say the names of the motorcycle gang in the movie. But on IMDb, you can find their names. And there's three of them. It's Scabs, Fuck Pig, and Dog the Dog. Which I think is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know which is which. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be Dog the Dog for... I want to be. I, I'm going to be fuck pig. You're going to be fuck pig. Obviously. I'll be dog the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not obviously. I don't. I don't. I don't know what that means. We need to find scabs. Is it scabs <laughs> with one B or two Bs? Uh, one B. Oh, just scabs. Okay, just scabs. Anywho. Okay. Cut to. They're talking weapons. They're talking weapons. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's a, a really fun scene. I'm not going to give much away because I I like that scene a lot. Um, what? I, it was humorous. Oh, the. With the weapon the comedy guy. scene. Yeah. Okay, With yeah. The weapon There's guy. a fun comedy scene. There's a comedy moment in here, which to me shows even more of Red's character. Yeah. Of like how, who he is in real life, which made me attach to him a little bit more. Whereas a lot of times when you don't have these human moments, you can detach from the character and you're not invested and you don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. But it's like those little moments like you're talking about that happen in the film, like that, that, builds the rapport between me and this murderous revengeful and it was good relief because we know what's gonna come we know why he's getting these weapons we know what's gonna happen and so to start at the top of this hill before you know rolling down it i think was a really good way to handle the humor and really to handle all that stuff we learned that he can forge weapons (laughs) Because none of those weapons were good enough, so he, like, goes to forge his own, like, badass... What the hell even it's is It's like a monster axe. <laughs> it's like... what what There was some movie where... It, oh, it was in... Um, it was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when he takes the axe and, like, he makes a shotgun axe. Mm. Right? It's kind of like a shotgun axe. Like, his version of the shotgun axe. Yeah, there was kind of, like, an Evil Dead moment as well in, in, in the building of the building of the weapon and so there's yeah there, he he does this thing and then he starts the hunt yeah and he uses the shit out of that axe he does like every part of the axe is used in the movie which i thoroughly appreciate yeah yeah that was it was good it was def- it was a purpose built <laughs> weapon yeah yeah uh, um, he never cleans the blood from it no because why it's just it's just a mess yeah why yeah uh, dirty and he goes through and starts <laughs> collecting and so he kind of starts with with the demons right yeah he goes after the motorcycle gang first yeah he tracks them down and (laughs) the one that to me was the biggest baddest he took out rather quickly (laughs) which was the one with like all the like spikes spikies coming out of him i was like oh well that's easy and he has a really nice moment with the one that i'm gonna refer to as scabs because they had a really gross face. Yeah. 
that was the next one because he does get captured. He does, but get then captured. he turns it around. Yeah, and it's a brilliant turnaround mm-hmm. um, with some more brilliant Nicolas Cage humor. Oh yeah, um, and then he goes on to whom we'll call Fuck Pig. Yeah, and then takes out Fuck Pig. Yeah, <laughs> and then he subsequently goes on through the rest of the yeah. the crew, uh, leading to the final boss battle. Um, Would the final boss battle be? Oh, the uh, see to me the final boss battle is a chainsaw. There's a chainsaw. Oh fight. yeah, there's a chainsaw fight. Oh, there's a chainsaw fight. Yeah. Um, you can't like I want chainsaw fights in all horror movies. I guess you're <laughs> referring to the Jesus Temple. Yeah, that's the final boss battle. I feel like that's the final yeah. boss battle. And that to me, how he kills uh, Jeremiah is so classic horror. Like it's it's amazing yeah and how like to me that like you can't do that like i could maybe it's just me maybe i need to go work out at gold's gym in order to be able to smash the head (laughs) with my hands Um, wonderfully campy effects oh gosh yeah so good it was good it was a lot of fun and then the scene after so it's like this is one of those things that i'm always thinking about like in a revenge film you know one of the main characters they want to go and take out all these people and that's their motivation their motivation is i'm going to kill everybody that wronged me what about after what do you do after yeah you take a hot bath like what like and now i'm going to go get a donut and coffee like i I, and and i think because usually the film ends yeah do you know what i mean like they kill everybody and then they're walking away you know hey i did it i murdered everyone credits roll but this one they carried on and showed him in the car and that was also another one of my favorite moments that was great another nick cage moment is that like is that yeah nick cage that's nick cage he's so like he just plays crazy and maniacal and human in this movie to me so so great oh yeah i I just i loved it i did too i just yeah Yeah. the the faces that he was making Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just so good yeah. <laughs> and then there were, I, I also appreciate there are animated vignettes throughout the whole movie. Yeah. So he, they, they kind of set up that he has nightmares in the beginning. Yeah. He has these dreams in the beginning. And so whenever he dreams, it's in cartoons. Yeah. And it's like his subconscious trying to work it out. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. Just the visual, the, the, the visuals of this movie, just the way it was shot, the cinematography, the lighting. It's a gorgeous film. Like, one of the things I was saying when we were driving away is, you know, instead of a Beyonce fan, I just want to carry around a hue light with me wherever I go mm-hmm. in order to just set the mood. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm in the middle of the woods, I want to be able to set, like, red lights all around me. <laughs> like, anywhere I go. Right, I just yeah. want the lighting. It's good. It was yeah. It was, I thought it was such a fun movie. I was never bored. There were never moments where I was like, ah, I don't buy that because it was so over the top that I was just like, okay, I'm along for the ride. Yeah, you've allowed me to suspend my disbelief. You're surprising me enough. Yes to all of this because it's so it's such a traditional like storyline for a horror movie. Yeah. Like any any of you out there that watch horror movies, when you go to this, you will pick up on the storyline right away. Probably even people that don't watch horror movies. So you're gonna know what's gonna happen next. But I think they played with that so well. How they broke it out into the chapters. Like I, it was just it was really good. Yeah, I thought they did. Oh, there was a little another fun little thing I learned. Keep an eye out when you watch this for where they say they live. There's a scene where she's working in a convenience store and someone comes up oh. to her 
That was so good. Yeah. yeah. It's a, this it really is a, like a love story to horror movies. This movie in general to that oh, to that era. I love era. that. A love story to horror movies. Yeah, it's it's uh it's to me I say go see it in the theater because that level of the sound design I thought was just a blast. Yeah. Visually, you want to see it on a huge screen. Yeah. Like this is definitely something to go see in the theater and then go see in your home. And then own it. And own. I mean, okay. It. So, the, so finally, let's get to the the rating situation. So the AV Club gives us a B, and they have an amazing review of it uh, online. Um, Steve, what would you what would you give this? I would give it. You know, I would give it an A. Really? Yeah, not a plus. I don't think it 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 didn't pave new ground. Like there was no there was nothing particularly uh, fresh about it. Yeah. But what it did, it did well. I agree with you. I, I'm I'm not going to give it an A. I, I'm going to agree with AV Club. I'm going to give this a B. I think there are other movies that have these same elements that hopefully we'll be reviewing later if we continue to do this um, mm-hmm. that I would give an A, but I think I'm going to give this a B. I think you do need to go see it, um, mm-hmm. and I, I will own it. For sure. Oh, for real, real. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it will. In, I think it will become like cultish. Uh, like I get a cult following. Yeah, yeah. I think Nick Cage already has a cult following, so he probably. Uh, he's got a new there's fan. There's an installed base. I'm there. a new fan now. I originally I wasn't just because I, I maybe I don't find him visually appealing, and in this movie specifically, he's not visually appealing. Like he put on a pound or two. He put on a pound or two of blood, uh, and weight. Like just I, he and he was just like an everyday guy. Yeah. Like and and I think that made his character a lot more approachable. Yeah, I it wish, was endearing. I wish actors looked like everyday people so I could relate to them more. Mm-hmm. Hear that Hollywood. So yeah, I, I think it, I think it was really good. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to Good Morning Horror. This was our review of Mandy. Mandy. <laughs> Feel free to give us a like, give us a shout out. We are not sponsored by anyone. We just enjoy your listens. So continue to do that. Exactly. I I, I can't add on to that. (laughs) All right. Thanks, y'all. 